This is Gene and Josh. Welcome back to Church Reconstructed Podcast. We want to take the conversation into a little di- different area beginning today, and we're going to talk about leadership and ministry. You know, we've had a lot of people in ministry that I've met in the past and Reverend Across who, you know, they seem to think that God left them here, you know, and called them into full-time ministry and gifted them so they could build their own kingdom and build their own empires at the you know exclusion of everyone else around and every other church in the community. And, you know, it's like they want first place or no place kind of thing. It kind of seems like when you look at it from like an obvious point of view that, a lot of it completely disregards the teachings of Jesus of being humble and coming to serve. And it's why the church gets the reputation of celebrity pastors and untouchable pastors and prideful and arrogant. But I know I'm jumping ahead of where we're going to take this conversation now. No, absolutely. Uh, the scripture I want to start with was First Peter 5.12. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. And if, you know, if you've been in church any, for any amount of time at all, you know, you've met, um, again, church leaders and pastors who think that, you know, they are the greatest in the world and that God, you know, can't do it without them. And they're responsible to be the gatekeepers of truth and righteousness and just run the show, so to speak. Yeah, and as we talked about a couple episodes ago, even your pastor should be open to you questioning his teachings. Like if you have a pastor that has the attitude of the, because I said so, that's a big red flag. Right. Like there should be way more of an answer of than because I said so, if it can't be backed up by scripture and backed up by the word of God and the teachings of Jesus, there is no pastor that his word goes above that of God. Even if some like to think so. Right. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking, I was, you know, just driving over here this morning and, and thinking about what we were going to discuss today in the topic. You know, some of the most, I've been in ministry almost 25 years now, and some of the most prideful and arrogant people I have ever met are pastors. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly the opposite of what it should be. Uh, I, I know God can use anybody. And, and I know, again, I know people who are extremely gifted, but I think even even though we may be extremely gifted and God has blessed us in many ways. There's no reason to become prideful in those things because those things are not us. You know, we have to recognize the source of those things and that that giftedness is from God Yep. and it's his gift to us. And, you know, how, how can we exalt ourselves and become prideful over something that's we're not even responsible for? Yep. Right. Yeah. And like, this is half a joke and we desperately wanted it to be a joke at the time. But when I transitioned from like playing hardcore music to being on praise teams in churches and stuff, everybody who is in the hardcore band that I was in, we all like casually made the joke once again, hoping that it was a joke turned out to be more true than we wanted it to be. We're like, all right, guys, we're going from the hardcore crowd to the church crowd. So now it's going to go from the jerks being in the crowd to the jerks being on the platform. Yeah. (laughs) And we said it sarcastically at the time, but then actually getting into it, it was very unfortunate how true that was to different places that we would go play and different churches that we'd be a part of and not to like try to insult any certain church or anything, because these are all things that we've struggled with as well. Like we have also been the jerks on the platform, right? but to like see these things in action and to see how it hurts other people yeah, is 
very unfortunate. Right. I think the you know the issue here is that it becomes if we approach ministry with this prideful, arrogant attitude, ministry becomes less about reaching people with the gospel and becomes you know more about us and our kingdom, quote unquote, and control and you know climbing the denominational ladder and politics and power and you know all the things we've been talking about. Uh, I think that that's the issue there. Yeah, and that's when you'll hear people preach something that doesn't necessarily go in line with God's word to please a crowd when it's more of, okay, how can I twist God's word to fit this culture instead of letting God's word be God's word? And if you twist the scripture to mean something different in our country, than you would preach it in Afghanistan. There's a problem because it means the same thing. Right. But we tend to, make it mean what will increase our attendance, our tithes, our popularity. Right. And you can see that go either way through 2020 and COVID and everything. You have seen pastors that have chosen the people pleasing because that's the easy choice and you're going to make people happy and you're going to grow your church that way. And then you've seen pastors that have went way too far the other way and they've chosen well, I'm going to preach shock factor and I'm going to say the things that people don't want to hear and I'm going to make people uncomfortable, but that's still being popular and still people pleasing to that audience. Right. And neither one of those things necessarily go hand in hand with God's word. It's just people taking things to the extreme to grow their popularity and their attendance. Right. And if you don't agree with them and you don't go along with their interpretation of things, and we've had that conversation before about interpretation application, but if you then don't, you're backslidden, right? <laughs> then, then you're backslidden. You got it all wrong. And it, it even gets to a point where those, those church leaders think that, you know, their church or their ministry or maybe even their denomination, it's like they have a monopoly on heaven. And if yeah. you don't come through them, you're not coming at all. Yep. I mean, I've met people, I mean, I've met people who honestly think that if you don't attend their church and their denomination, then you're not going to heaven. Yeah. I mean, or that you're not a Christian if you don't belong <clears throat> to insert whatever Baptist, UMC, Methodist. If you don't 100% go with that, then you're not a believer. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I, we had a guy who comes here occasionally. I've had the conversation with him. Like, he, he wants to be here, but, you know, he's told me basically my parents, that's what they believe. Like, yeah. you know, if, if they think if I leave their church, their specific church and go somewhere else, that I'm going to hell. You know, their specific church, not even denomination, but yeah. their church is the only one that's going to make it. <laughs> Jesus know? really meant that road was narrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super narrow. <laughs> but I, I think that the, I don't know, I guess this all comes back in my mind to the biggest problem with this is it's an inward focus. Yeah. And if, if that's the kind of people we are and the kind of leadership we are, and, you know, th that's the mentality and attitude that we're fostering then that's completely different focus than we should have because what happens is those leaders and ministries typically have no outreach. Uh, they have, you know, there's no servanthood. You know, Jesus says we ought to be servants, right? The greatest of all became the servant of all. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's where we got to end up. But you know, there, there's no humility and there's no cooperation because, you know, again, they think they're the only way and they have a, a monopoly on the pathway to heaven. And, you know, why should they compromise and fellowship with these other people or, you know, work with these other ministries or, you know, God forbid they do something with, 
you know, the church right around the corner. Yeah. They get this idea that the people that are supposed to be there will be drawn to them without them ever having to step foot somewhere else. Right. Which completely disregards the gospel. And, you know, if that was true, then Jesus wouldn't have had to travel at all. He would have just set up in one place, built a throne, and people would come to him. Right. But instead, he spent three years traveling, going from place to place, being where people were, just for us to create a completely different theology of, all right, so we're going to hide inside this building. And God will bring the people that he wants to us, to us. And if he doesn't bring them, then it's not our job to minister to them. Right. And if he does bring them, it's still not our job to minister to them. You know, a couple episodes into this, we got into the whole attractional church model and talked about that for a couple episodes at length. But that's the issue here, right? The whole field of dreams, if you build it, they will come mentality. Yeah. Which even though there's a lot of pastors who wouldn't confess to believe in that, their actions show otherwise. Like their actions show that they believe that and, and that they've bought into that whole idea. And even beyond like the attractional church, like my mind's still going back to the uh, shock type churches, the ones that are just, I don't know, almost purposefully pushing people away just so they can still say that like their way is the right way. Like that's not really attractional at all, but it's still the attitude of like, well, if you can't stand being here, then, uh, you're going against the anointing of God or whatever it is. And I think like that's what I see hurting a lot of Christianity in our culture today is like the idea that the gospel has to be presented in this abrasive way, that it's not just the picture of Jesus having dinner with someone and just showing love to someone, but that the gospel has to be presented in this abrasive way of well, if they can't handle this like insulting approach, then they weren't meant to be here anyway. And then they take it as, well, God's just getting rid of the weak ones. And I don't know. I've just seen that more and more over the past two years now of people being jerks and then calling it persecution when people call them out on it. Right. I actually sit here in this very room Sunday evening, this past Sunday, a couple of days ago with someone that was attending a small group and had this almost this identical conversation, but it was from the other side of how, you know, as a church, you know, we've made some strategic shifts in the past three or four years yeah. that we felt the Holy Spirit leading us to. And we felt like, you know, those were the paths we had to take to walk in obedience to where God was taking us. And as a result of that, you know, we, we, we jokingly say all the time, uh, we've lost three churches worth of people, yeah. but there is some truth to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we really have lost that many people, but it wasn't intentional and it wasn't the shock and all and it wasn't because of we're arrogant and prideful. Yeah. It's just because, you know, we wanted to walk in obedience to what the Holy Spirit was leading us and those people didn't like that. Right. Yeah. Because it was not the traditional church as they've always done it. Yeah. And if anybody hears this and they would like to talk to me and tell me that this is not correct, I would also like to say like I don't believe there's any bad blood between any of those people because it wasn't abrasive. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't like, well, this is my way or get out. Like right. everything to the best of our ability. And obviously with anything, if you could go back, you would do things differently, but to the best of our ability at the time, everything was handled with love. And that's what we hope to continue to do going forward is 
I mean, obviously when God puts a certain calling on your life, that doesn't mean that that calling is going to go hand in hand with someone else. And they may be a part of your church for two weeks, two years. They, you know, we don't know how long people are going to stay. And I know we've talked about that a lot, but it's not our job to try to make them stay through guilt and coercion and making them feel this sense of obligation or whatever it is. It's our job to entrust them to hear the same Holy Spirit that we're hearing and to act accordingly. Right. I mean, I must have been thinking this week, like there's some of those people, like I really miss them. Yeah. Like, I mean, I sincerely miss them. Yep. But, you know, I still try to keep in touch with them. I still talk to them and, and I see God using them, you know, and so. And for several of the people that I thought about, I mean, I can I can see God using their time here and the connections here even now in their life. Yeah. And, you know, so that's cool to see that from that aspect, too. Yeah, definitely. It's cool to see that God can take things that even may not have went to our plan, but he still makes them go with his plan. Right. But again, the, you know, the, as I said earlier, I guess it, for me, it goes back to this whole inward focus thing and, you know, that we can't get so consumed with preserving you know, our kingdom and our power and our control and our church and our ministry that we you know, completely forget about all the people around us who need Jesus. And that's why we're here. We're here to be missional. We're here to reach out. We're here to, you know, expand the kingdom. Yeah. And I, don't know, I just had this thought pop up, but like the idea that we don't treat church the way that Jesus treated everything he had to do. And there came a point where Jesus said, take this cup from me because it involved something that in the flesh, he would rather not do. And there's going to be times as a church that we have to do things that are uncomfortable times as a church. I mean, we were just talking before we started doing this podcast that we're kind of at a place in our church now where if we were to try to plan ahead from a human standpoint, it's not going to work. Like we see no plan that we could do as humans, as flesh to make this work. But then coming to the conclusion of, well, that's one of the most exciting places to be because we're going to see God do something incredible through this because we can't physically do it on our own. Right. But to get to a point in church where everything has to be comfortable and everything is, as you said, inward and you end up doing the same things every week. And I know we've talked about that a lot. If anything throws you off your schedule, then that's not of God. But God doesn't care about our schedules. God doesn't care about our church structure. God doesn't care about any of that. He cares about us being obedient and doing what he's asked us to do. Right. So I guess the solution, you know, to all this, and if, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor or you're in any kind of church leadership, I think the solution here, and I would challenge you to, is just to humble yourself. Yep. And it is to remind you that although, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a small group meeting at your house with eight people or if you're passing the church with 8,000 people, you know, that doesn't matter. What matters is that we walk in obedience to the calling God has placed in our life and become the people he's called us to be and realize that, you know, everything that's in your life, all the, all the, the giftings and, you know, all those things are from him and we can't take credit for them. And, you know, just to remind us that there's only one king and we're not him. Yeah. And to ask yourself the honest question <laughs> of, is there anything that if God called you to do it, that you wouldn't want to do it? Because so many times, and I know in like the uh, like hyper charismatic Christian side of things, like people like to throw around the term promotion of like God's giving promotions. And we always want to do 
the next big thing. So like if you're preaching to a church of 200 people and God called you to speak to a crowd of 2000 people, like that's awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you for the promotion would be one of the things that you would hear and you would gladly do it. But if you're speaking to a church of 2000 people and God asks you to go clean toilets at a homeless shelter, would you do that? Or would you think, nah, that's a distraction from the enemy, right? Like, would you be too good to serve too good to humble yourself and do the thing that God has asked you to do? Because we see in scripture where Jesus goes from speaking to thousands of people to performing awesome signs in front of these people to getting on his hands and feet and cleaning other people's feet. Right. And I think that's a lot of what we don't see in the churches. We don't see what we would view as going backwards. We don't see the serving along with what happens on the platform. Right. But at least in my life, I think some of the most meaningful, monumental like shifts in my life and opportunities were the ones that didn't make any sense. Yep. That's the way it usually works, right? Yeah. The things of the kingdom don't make sense in, in our world, in our culture. Yep. And so and I, I would completely agree with what you just said, you know, and just going back to the whole idea, you know, I borrowed, I borrowed a phrase a couple years ago from my wife. It was uh, that or we have too many people who are worried about titles instead of towels. Yeah. And I just, I love that picture because yeah, I think good. that that's, uh, that's the issue. We, we just have to, you know, take off the crown that we put on ourselves and, you know, lay it at the feet of the only one who's worthy to wear the crown. And that's the King Jesus, you know, just humble ourselves, be the servants that we've been commanded to be, quit worrying about titles, you know, take the towel and just walk in obedience to what he's leading us to do. episode of the Church Reconstructed Podcast, and we will see you next time.